Good afternoon. It's July 7th, 2022, and this is To My Liberal Friends. I'm your host, John Haddo. If you've been listening to this podcast for any period of time, you will know that I've been stating that Congress is broken and needs to find a way to fix itself. When I first went to Washington, D.C. in 1977, there was a partisan divide. Republicans and Democrats held different views, but the difference then was they also knew they had to work together on issues or nothing would get done. Today, that ability to work together to seek out compromises seems to have evaporated into thin air. This has been particularly visible on the Democratic side of the aisle, but I don't excuse Republicans either. It has been building for many years as the parties have become more and more polarized. When John Boehner was the Republican Speaker of the House of Representatives, he could not control his caucus. He was forced to deal with about 40 members who formed what they called the Freedom Caucus. I called it the Freedom from Governing Caucus. These Republicans, very conservative and mostly from safe conservative districts, viewed every government policy through their own prism and would not compromise on anything. To this group, any government program was evil, and they had to undo it. Ultimately, it led to Democrats retaking the House and John Boehner retiring. Democrats have a similar problem, and current House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has not found a solution. For her, it is the Progressive Caucus, and they also refuse to compromise. They are elected from ultra-liberal districts, primarily in urban areas, and they view government, specifically government funds, as a means to send money back to their districts and constituents. They spend their time decrying the financial gap between people and looking for ways to tax one group to give to another. If you look at any poll out there, Congress is not being held in high esteem by the general public. No surprise. The problem is that vote, voters view the problem with other members of Congress and not their member of Congress, and so they keep electing the same people, and so nothing changes. Then you have a policy within the Democratic caucus of both the House and Senate that allows for the leadership at the committee level to stay in place for years on end. The Republicans addressed this some years ago and put term limits on how long you could serve as a chairman or ranking member of a committee. This limitation acts as a sort of term limits on how long members will serve in Congress because once you lose that leadership position, you tend to retire. It also allows for younger members to move up, and the result is an infusion of new ideas. Recently, the Congressional Management Foundation and the Partnership for Public Service conducted a survey and a study about how Congress was functioning. To get an idea, they turned to staff and did a very thorough survey of how Congress was working. Only 24% of staff surveyed agreed that Congress currently functions as a Democratic legislature should. And 81% said staff and members' understanding of Congress' role in democracy is, quote, very important, but only 4% are very satisfied with the current state of things on the Hill. Here's a couple of outtakes that I thought were important in that survey. One, a majority of congressional leadership, members and staff, don't seem to have the institutional knowledge of best practices to know how Congress can better function, which seems to be and lends to a vicious cycle of continual breakdown of the institution. That from a professional staff member on a House committee. Another one. In recent years, it seems leadership has consolidated a lot of power and weakened the committees. As a result, very little legislation is passed by a regular order, and members and staff are frustrated by the lack of input, particularly on big bills. Now, there are many other issues addressed in the survey, but those were the ones that stood out to me, particularly the point about how the leadership has consolidated power and very little is being done and, and, and left for committees to do. Congress has abandoned what is known as regular order. The classic example is the massive spending bills that we have seen in Congress this session. 
The Build Back Better bill that Biden pushed was a compilation of many bills that under regular order should have been referred to various committees. There, the committee would hold hearings on the legislation. The bill would be brought before the committee for what's known as a markup. At that time, members of the committee, both minority and majority, can offer amendments to the bill. Once the bill is finally passed out of committee, it goes on the calendar, and the Speaker of the House or the majority leader in the Senate can call the, and bring the bill to the floor. Once again, the bill is open for debate and amendments. Compromises can be struck throughout this process with the majority party working with the minority to secure enough votes to pass the bill. This is particularly true due to, in the Senate due to their rules. But we've abandoned that in an effort to jam through massive legislation. This is precisely the point that Senator Joe Manchin has made repeatedly, that bills should go through regular order. But what we have seen is a one-size-fits-all piece of legislation that Democrats have attempted to pass under what's known as the budget reconciliation process. They do this because bills under this process are not subject to Rule 22, the filibuster rule. All that requires a simple majority in the Senate. What Democrats did not count on this time around was that Senator Manchin and Senator Sinema did not like parts of the bill and refused to vote for it. Of course, that led to a cry to end the filibuster rule, and this was led by progressives who saw this single chance to advance the agenda they had wanted all along. They can read the polls and know that the odds are that Republicans will retake the majority of the House of Representatives, and it will be, it will be close in the Senate. If one of those bodies has a Republican majority, then none of this ultra-liberal agenda can be passed. Now, I don't want to pretend that Republicans have not used the reconciliation process themselves. In 2017, they passed the last major tax bill under this process. What most people don't understand that anything passed under this process has a 10-year life. A lot of those tax provisions will expire in 2026. It was that knowledge that Senator Manchin demanded that every program in the Build Back Better bill be paid for for the entire life of the bill. Democrats were giving things like the child tax credit a one-year life, expecting that once they passed it, People would get used to the benefit and demand that it be made permanent. But then the bill would have, according to the Congressional Budget Office, cost about $4.1 trillion instead of the advertised cost of $1.9 trillion. So yes, I'm in favor of making some changes in Congress. I strongly support term limits on chairmanships and ranking members. I support using the regular process to advance legislation, and that includes negotiating with the minority party, no matter which one it is. And finally, I'm in favor of putting some age limits, and you've heard this from me before, on people holding political office. I believe that once you hit the age of 75, you're no longer eligible to run for Congress or the presidency. Time to go home, play with your grandkids, or do something else. This has been To My Liberal Friends. Thanks for listening.